Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Beef Master Banner. We are your hosts Josh Morrison and Jared Strickland. How you doing Jared? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing good man. Doing good. Looking forward to this springtime coming. Yes. This uh, warm weather we're getting after the snow we had has got me itching for some green grass. Absolutely. We've had a hard frost here the last two mornings so I'm ready for it myself. We uh man that self um in Houston was awful good. Yeah, they had a they had a pretty strong sale. Looks like uh, sounds like uh, averages held up, and I had some some big money on some animals too. Yeah, let's jump into the to the results. So the Houston Magic sale, uh, there were fifty live lots sold there. Uh, total was two hundred and twenty three thousand four hundred fifty dollars. Forty four sixty nine was the average. Uh, it looks like the high seller went to Next Gen Cattle Company. Uh, $10,000 for their open heifer, which was a CJ's Revolution uh, crossed on a CJ's Flint Hills Diamond cow there. That's a, she was a good rip. Really good. And the pedigree just sort of speaks for itself. I don't, I don't know that anybody needs to uh, guess, get even guess whose pedigree that is. <laughs> Pretty good stuff. The, uh, the STBBA maturity uh, that was after that, the same day, 55 lots sold there. A total of three hundred and five thousand five hundred dollars, with an average of fifty five, fifty four, fifty five. So it was an even, an even better sale there. Yep that that one averaged nearly a little over a thousand dollars, a lot higher there. Uh, and Next Gen Cattle Company swept both sales with a high seller, uh, another open heifer that brought twenty six thousand dollars, whopping price there. She was a uh, CJ's Bernard and uh, out of a McAllister daughter, and uh, I saw the videos on her of her on Facebook, and man, she was she was lights out. So I'm telling you, whoever got that one was a good that was a good buy. She was sure enough good. Um, you, I feel like you could breed her tons of different ways, and and probably never go wrong. Um, I think I think that was good, but that was some good sales. It's sale season, and it's real fun watching. Um, but we'll get into our guest tonight. Um, we're here with Sarah Loudermilk of Lazy L Farm Photography. How you doing, Sarah? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great. So for, I'm sure a lot of folks don't know, especially in the Beefmaster breed, just tell us a little bit about yourself and about Lazy L Farm Photography. Um, my name is Sarah, and uh, my husband and I have a farm here in North Carolina, and um, he's more of a cow, cow guy. Um, I grew up around horses, but... Um, being around them so much, you kind of just learn so much about them. Um, but uh, I've grown up around horses and cows since I was little. Both of my grandparents had um, cows, and they just kind of had like small small cattle farms that they raised out for beef. And um, but my family has been in the ag industry for a long time, and uh, so but now we just we do mostly like pastures, and we do a little bit of a cross. So we do like a like Angus or a uh, beef master cross. And, uh, we do, uh, we have a grass fed beef business. Um, so we have that and we sell pretty much all over North Carolina with that. And then, um, we are actually, Chris is the third generation on the farm that we're on now. His grandfather started it back in the sixties and, um, he had cows and, um, his dad kind of started it. And then Chris started back when he was young and, um, he's been doing since then. So we've kind of just been building the meat business since we've been married. And y'all stay pretty busy with the meat too, right? 
Yeah, I mean, to be a small operation, you know, we can kill about five to six a year. We're not a huge beef business, but um, we usually get we usually sell about five to six whole beefs per year. Okay, okay, good deal. And Jared, you know, that kind of goes back to you know our carcass episode. That 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 really starts coming into play there again. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. It's neat and hearing uh, success stories with Beefmaster Cross and you know on other cattle like Angus and and selling the end product that that are people are happy with and coming back to buy buy more of. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, how how about Lazy L photography farm photography? Uh, tell us tell us how you started that and and all about that. So basically, that started way back in college, a long, long time ago. Um, I just I was on the equestrian team, and I started falling in love with photography. And I would shoot little, literally anything under the sun. I would take my camera with me and go all over the place. And about ten years ago, I bought my first, um, I guess, my first big girl camera. And um, from there, I just started shooting like local rodeos here on the farm. And I used to have a blog all the, I used to blog all the time about the farm and what we were doing and things like that and um it just kind of escalated and turned into a full-time job now and so I shoot now I get to shoot all over the country and um I like I'm leaving in the morning in about eight hours to go to Colorado to shoot a couple of farms out there um so it's it's turned into a full-time job and getting to travel and meet people all over the country from Oregon to I'm going to California in the fall to Texas Oklahoma Montana South Dakota, like just pretty much anywhere, Virginia, even like Virginia, um, down to Florida. I mean, there's stuff all over. So it's definitely brought a lot of cool people into my life. And it's definitely something I never thought I would do full time since I went to college for computer science. Um, I was a computer nerd. So it kind of helped the back end of my business because I knew how to do all that stuff. So when it comes to the photography, it was kind of a nice balance. And so now I'm doing this and um, it's just been a lot of fun. And you get to meet a lot of people along the way. That's the fun. Oh, yeah. Yes. I can't imagine being able to get to travel all over, all over the country like that. You to see all of that scenery too, because you're going to, sounds like you're going to farms mostly and, and obviously getting to see the different, different types of farms all over the country. That's pretty neat. And that's what's so cool is learning, like, I got to spend, like, a week on a ranch out in Oregon, and, like, it was a cow-calf operation, um, and they, out there, you know, cow-calf um, takes anywhere from, like, 20 to 25 acres per pair, and, you know, they're, like, a high desert, and then, you know, then traveling to Montana and visiting with a, um, an Angus ranch out there, and, you know, they're about 1,200 acres right on the Yellowstone River, and, and getting to see them and their operation, they do mostly bulls in the spring, um, and then there's, you know, my other friends, they have a smaller herd in Montana, and stay on their ranch and then um you know just going down to texas to those ranches and i don't know it's just a and everywhere is different you know and like learning how each farm operates depending on where they're located out in the country like going out to oklahoma you know they're more desert type um sand you know kind of like texas and they're also a little bit more like higher higher land than we are here like when i told them we're like an acre to acre and a half you know for a cow calf pair she was like holy cow <laughs> so they have to have so much more land out there to feed um to feed their farms so it's been really cool learning the, all the ins and outs of the agriculture and stuff yeah absolutely um so let's as far as the purebred operations go and i, I know you know this um you know how important it is especially um, in seed stock, trying to um, market your cattle 
tell us what's in a good picture. What what makes a good picture? The thing that usually catches my eye about looking at agriculture and stuff like that, especially like looking at some like cows and stuff, is like even lighting. Um, if you see some pictures that that might be like spotty lighting, which is like if you're underneath a shade tree and the sun's coming in and you have really hot spots and really dark spots, that's called spotty lighting. Um, the thing that catches my light is either complete even sun or complete even shade because it's going to keep your eye on the, on the, on the cow the whole time instead of jumping around, um, and a good clean background. So you don't have a lot of junk in the background, like hay feeders or just old feeders laying around just a nice clean background. So your focus is on the animal. Good deal. So, so I would, so pretty much lighting would be probably the number one thing when it comes to a good picture. Yeah. And like, just like, even if you take it in the middle of the day or like in the morning, you know, you can turn the, you can, depending on which side you're taking, you can turn the, the, the steer or the cow towards the, like towards the sun. So you'll have nice, even lighting on them. Um, it'll pick out their, their good spots. And, um, and then if you go to the other side or just have them turn around, if you have somebody helping you work in the pen, um, you know, taking it in the same lighting. So if you take it, um, like say you take the left side in the sun, take the right side in the sun so that all of your pictures look the same and not like one in the shade and one in the sun. Um, and just having pictures that all are consistent across the board and just picking up trash off the ground, like picking up, you know, like find a, a nice clean pasture that you can take them in or a clean pen that's not muddy. Um, cause if you're, you know, you're standing in the mud and you're standing in like old hay and stuff, it just doesn't look good in the pictures. If you have a concrete pad, that would be the most ideal. If you don't just a nice clean ground or a nice clean, like low cut grass. So you can see their whole leg you can see their hoof if you can. Um, but at least the majority of their leg, because people are going to be looking at legs and build and all that. And, and if you can't see it, then you're just going to flip to the next one. I, I, I think it's interesting. You bring up the the way you turn the animal because even i'm definitely an amateur at trying to take pictures but i've tried to take you know we'll get a good camera and take good pictures and and the lighting is is very important because and the way the animal is facing because even if even if the animal turns and is in clear view but if the sun like if they're facing into the sun or away from the sun those shadows cast across the animal's body and Mm -hmm. it throws it all off so like like you're saying you know get you a pen or whatever i think that's a great idea and as you do it over time you'll probably learn the best time today to to take those Mm -hmm. pictures i guess yeah and honestly like you don't have to be scared i know that everybody has a schedule and everybody has you know things to do um the ideal perfect lighting would be like early in the morning like an hour after sunrise or like an hour or two before sunset but you can shoot in the middle of the day as long as you have that even lighting on that one side so like it can be um because if you shoot if you if you're shooting into the sun so where the sun would be like behind the cow you're going to not get a sharp clean picture picture because your camera is going to be trying to focus on the the light coming from but if you turn the cow towards the sun so the sun is behind you all that even lighting is going to be going right onto the cow just watch your shadow cuz sometimes it'll cast a shadow but you should be able to back up far enough so that your shadow is not casted in that. But, I mean, you don't have to have a fancy camera. Cell phones work perfectly fine. Yeah, they've come a long way with the cell phone cameras. I've, a lot of my pictures I take now are just with my phone out in the field and everything lines up right sometimes. But 
that nice camera sometimes is to get more of a zoom if you're like you're saying get away from your shadow and stuff sometimes and i was gonna say honestly if you take so don't zoom in when you take your picture because when you start zooming in you start losing quality of pictures if you actually take it a little further away you're going to get a higher depth picture and then you can crop it in your camera with every most phones now have like an editing thing inside the picture you can just Mm -hmm. click edit and then you can just crop in closer and straighten your image up that's a good point use your legs and not the zoom is what i usually say well and myself i'm not good at taking pictures at all i'm just not even (laughs) going to try to hide that fact Uh, Sarah, you know this and and you know that she knows that (laughs) but but she's really good at it too so she uh especially when it comes to cell phone pictures um but sherry you know you know we're friends and all but it's uh it's pretty amazing what a good picture will do yeah and jesse does fantastic she does a really good job and and honestly you're not gonna be great at it after one time just go out and take pictures like just practice you know if you know you have a sale coming up and you know that you're gonna have to take pictures just go practice even though the background might not be clean Go out at different times of the day, take your cell phone, and just practice taking pictures of them out in the pasture so you can kind of learn what to look for and come back in and kind of just get an idea and, like, play around with editing a little bit and pull your shadows up a little bit and just kind of just play because that's how you learn. Don't try to go out there and do this the first time when you know you have a cell. Like, just practice with it. Yeah, that's a that's some great advice. Um, so moving more towards videos, um, what what would you say would be in a good video as far as uh, quality? Would it be sort of the same same principles? Yeah, good lighting, a clean background, um, and a steady hand. So there's a couple ways you can go about that. Um, try, and there's a, there's a whole lot that goes into it, but the simple version is if you have a tripod, you can get a tripod for your cell phone on Amazon for like 15 bucks. Um, set your phone up. Um, do it landscape, especially if the videos are going to be going on like Facebook and stuff. Facebook likes landscape, which means long ways, which is the opposite way that you talk on your phone. So it would be the like you would turn it sideways and put it on the tripod and just set it up. And that way you're going to have a steady hand or just get like a trash can or something that you can prop it up against um, to keep it steady. Because if you're moving, then you're going to have the jiggle and people are going to be like, what what's going on so the main thing is just finding some a steady place to put it um good lighting and the, my other thing is I always recommend is a lot of people might not know this but your camera on your your video on your phone is probably set to the lowest resolution that it will do but you can actually change the resolution of the video to get better quality video and it's super simple like on an iPhone if you're in the video um like you're getting ready to record in the upper right hand corner if you just tap, there's it'll probably say like HD 30 or 4K 30. That 30 means 30 frames per second, which means it's taking like a super fast video. But if you click on that 30, just hit it with your finger, it'll jump to 60, which means that you'll be getting like 60 frames per second, which will produce a better quality video. And so my suggestion is to normally shoot at 4K 60 to get a really, really good quality video. Um, I've just found that it just, it looks better on social media and it just looks more professional and you're not jiggling everywhere and, um, you just have a steadier hand that way. Well, I just learned something. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a good tip right there. Cause I never knew that. 
Yeah, it makes a huge difference. I didn't, I was watching some YouTube videos because I've started doing more behind the scenes um, with my photography business. And it's hard to pull out your video camera every single time you need to, you know, or your, your extra body to take videos. So I just started setting my phone up. And so once I started doing that and I, it looks amazing. Like you would never, I mean, it's not like a professional video camera, but it makes a huge difference. Like practice taking it in like a 30 frames per second and then switch to a 60 frames per second and you'll see a huge difference and you can t change it back. Like if you take a lot of videos, like behind the scenes and stuff you can shoot at 30 frames per second but if you're trying to film a cell video the 60 frames per second will give you a, a lot better um quality of your video some really good advice really good advice um and you know obviously we're learning stuff here as we go too so that's that's a pretty cool thing um if someone and and this may be partially the same answer as far as maximizing um their videoing um you would you say that um probably the you know a steady hand tripod is is probably the most important followed by lighting yeah and I, I mean it doesn't even have to be a tripod i mean literally a trash i've used like the front of my car and like uh, whatever i could find it laying in my car just somewhere that's steady so that it's not moving like you could use a tailgate of a truck you know, or the side, whatever you're sitting in, just something that is not moving. Um, or if you have it, just like spread your feet out and like kind of lean forward a little bit. And that'll help steady your hand if you don't have any other way to do it. Um, just try not to move a lot and just try to hold still as much as you can. Sure, sure. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to try to feel like this is taken away from from uh, professional photography or professional videos like yourself. Um, you know, it's just obviously everything costs money nowadays. So if folks are going to consign at a sale and maybe they don't want to spend, don't have the extra money to spend or don't want to spend the money, you know, this is just good ways to, to go about doing it a, a different way also. Yes, absolutely. Cause I know it's expensive. I mean, I do it for a living. I know it's not cheap, but and, like, that's what I'm here. Like, I can't shoot every single cow that you have come through. You know what I'm saying? Like, and not every, unless you're just a huge business and, like, and you're a big beef producer, like, you know, they may hire somebody or maybe have somebody in-house. But, I mean, if you I know it's expensive. And, like, these are just little things you can do yourself. And, like, but you'll get better the more you practice. Like, Jessie shoots mostly with her cell phone. And she, she has a nice camera, you know. And, like, and her stuff, it looks like a professional camera. and But she's just practiced and shot and. She's gotten really good at it. And she enjoys doing it. She enjoys going out and, and being with the cows anyway. So that's just another way to to maximize, um, you know, being able to look at them. Um, she'll yeah, sit the them during the day when I'm at work. And um, so it's just a, a fun way to a fun way to look at them a different way. Exactly. And another thing, too, as I was going to tell you, is like if you're taking video, then you don't actually have to take pictures because if you're recording in like the 4k 60 frames per second it's such a high quality video you can actually go through and screenshot from your video because you can pause it exactly where you want it um so if you're if you take video of everything you don't even have to go back and take pictures you can just take um screenshots from your video and use that as your pictures as well that's cool oh right there that's that's um, really good to know. And uh, another thing I was going to say, too, is if people want to start using professional photographers, but they just can't afford it, you can always reach out to, like, 
um, your local high school photography class, um, like a local college, if they have a photography business, or sometimes like the local 4-H groups have like a little photography club. Like you can have them come out to your farm, take pictures and practice and, and, you know, in return for letting them come out, you know, they can give you some images of your, of your, your cows and stuff. Um, that's another, like a lower end that you could, you know, have people come in that if you maybe couldn't afford like a full time professional photographer um, or just post on Facebook, somebody might be getting started and they would love to come out and, you know, practice and stuff. Yeah, that's a good idea. I never would have thought about um, the high school or anything like that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely uh, thinking outside the box. Uh, just to kind of transition maybe a little bit, we had talked earlier, you mentioned that you'd listen to one of our, our marketing podcast and we talked a little bit about social media and you know we've kind of hit on in the past how important it is especially to a new breeder to to get your name out there and you know show quality images of your livestock and things like that and uh is there anything that that you would recommend you know especially running like your own social media platform and, and helping others with that uh is there any ideas that you think would be help these newer breeders to to connect with other other breeders yeah and one of my biggest things is to always show your face because you can post a hundred thousand pictures of a cow but not people don't see your cows every day so if you will actually show your face like show a picture of your family um show your face like you don't have to do it all the time but once every two to three weeks post a picture of yourself um so people get to know who you are instead of only like your your cows because not that they're not beautiful but we want to see your face too because if you think about like big brands like um subway you have jared you know mcdonald has ronald mcdonald um uh what's that geico an actual geico and when you see that geico you automatically think about that business so people will start to link who you are to your business and so like you know if they see you at a sale or at a meetup or something, they're, they're going to know exactly who you are just from your face. And they don't even have to ask who your what your farm is. And and so, or that they may approach you or feel more comfortable approaching you knowing who you are as well. Yes, absolutely. Because like, I mean, I mean, if you saw somebody just sitting over in the corner and, and you did, you know, and you follow a lot of people online and he may be one of the biggest producers in the, in the, uh, in the business, but if he doesn't show his face and you're new to the business, you're not going to know who he is. I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, that's kind of the way I approached it when we, when we very first started going to sales is I tried to go to every sale that I could go to. Uh, Rodney and I would travel, um, you know, to, to every sale that we thought we could make it to uh, probably wasn't as many as we should have, but just get <laughs> face out there. But if you can't, then, you know, Obviously, social media, Facebook, Instagram, I guess TikTok anymore even would be um, <laughs> places for it. Yes, TikTok. TikTok is the land of making yourself look dumb. But it's also the land of you get to know a lot of people. Um, and people get to know you and your business. And it's not just a business. They actually get to know who you are as a person. Because I'll be the one. I've embarrassed myself more times on TikTok than I care to even share. But <laughs> I have connected with so many more and it gets your business out there and it literally doesn't cost anything but your time which is the cool thing and like you can even if you don't want to show your face all the time you can record yourself like I was talking to them earlier you know if you're out like you know 
worming or whatever you're doing, if you're vaccinating, checking cows, set your phone up and hit the record button and just let it record, you know, or hold your phone up. And if you're moving pasture, um, you know, if you're, if you do rotational grazing or something, you know, if you're moving the cows, have your phone set up, you know, back, like maybe on the back of the truck and hit the record button, walk over, open the gate and let your cows come through. And there's your 10 second behind the scenes video. You can post it. You can use it on TikTok. You can use it on Instagram and you can use it on Facebook. There's three locations. You can use that one video um, to post because if you remember sometimes on social media, you think posting one time people are going to see it and they're not, you could post the same thing three times and it can reach everybody at, you know, different things. So if you post that same video to all three, that's three times the reach that your business might get just from that little 10 second video that you posted. And you're not even talking, you're opening the gate, letting cows out. And there are tons of people on all three social media sites. I, and I would venture to, to probably say that those are the number one marketing tools of really any, um, anything anymore. Oh yeah. Like for sure. Those are probably the top three. And Instagram reels is really coming up too. Um, and you can post a reels and you, you literally put it on there, put some music on it and you don't even have to talk, <laughs> which is a good thing. And I mean, if you, or if you have a kid, have your kid hold the phone, you know, while you're opening the gate or whatever you're doing or your wife or your husband or whoever, um, just take somebody out there with you and just have them record you while, and just have them record several videos while you're doing these things. So you have like a little library of take some pictures while you're out there, like snap four or five pictures every time you go out in the pasture. Cause then you're going to have content to post and you don't have to like try to plan stuff all the time. You'll have stuff already on your phone that you can post throughout the day. And you don't have to post every day and you don't have to do all three at one time. Just pick one and stick with it and try to post consistently and regularly but the good thing about Facebook is if you have a Facebook page, you can post to Instagram and Facebook at the same exact time. So you literally have to post it one time, but it goes to both platforms, which is super nice. Well, and, and I think it also, you know, doing the TikTok or Instagram, the videos you're talking about, it kind of brings more of the personal aspect of it. People get to sort of not that they know you personally, but they kind of get to know you more on a personal level that way because they get to see what you're doing and they get, like you said, you get to see your face, not just going to sales or doing business or this and that out of the business aspect of it. They kind of get to see um, you as a person in your family. Yeah. And that's where they start to connect with you because like they might be a young family just starting out and you might be like in your thirties and they're in their twenties and you know, you've been doing this for 10 years and you have a little bit ahead of them and they're looking up to you and, you know, they may be, you know, they may have kids and you have kids and, you know, you both live in a rural setting and, and they're going to connect to you like that. I don't know if you follow some of the, the bigger families like the Kavoris. Um, They're big on YouTube. And then um, I think it's NC Farm Wife. She's on, she's also on YouTube. They're both big on YouTube and like you connect with their families more than the business. Like I watch them, I watch the Kavoris on my lunch break on Mondays and Tuesdays because they're just so much fun to watch and they've got three little kids or two little kids and the son older son and they run a big big outfit out in um Kansas no Nebraska sorry Nebraska and in the Sand Hills and so like you feel like you know their family because they're just so open about what they do and they talk about their daily operations and just little things and they post a video like once a week but you still feel like you know them because you know they're they're showing you what their life is like on the farm. Yeah, I've watched the Kovarics too on there, and 
and it's interesting you bring that up because uh, I think, like you're saying, you connect with people, and I think you're more interested in seeing what people what people are actually doing versus you know sometimes you want to know what their cattle's like instead of cattle, but sometimes you know you want to see what see how you relate to them as well, and and that's a good way to do business is most of the time, and that's something I've learned in sales meetings stuff. They most people buy from you from who, because of who you are or how you connect more than the product sometimes. And that's the best thing about it is like, you know, and, and your marketing one that you did, I think it was the second episode, you know, you say you're not everybody's cup of tea. And this also helps them to see whether they're your fit or not. You know, there's other families that I've followed. I'm kind of like, eh, you know, like they're, they're, there's nothing wrong with them. They're just not, I don't relate to them as easily as I would like the Cavorks because they have little kids and a farm and like Natalie runs a business. And so it's like you, um, get to you kind of find people that you get that you know so then you know them and you feel comfortable with them because you've actually seen what how and what they do on their farm and so you know how they take care of their cattle you know how they do that stuff and it's similar to the way that you do it and so you feel comfortable buying from them because you've seen how they process stuff makes a lot of sense really does and jared you all you guys have a youtube channel don't you yeah well i mean we've should have put we should put more on it than we have i've just put a lot of times the reason i started the youtube page was if i had a customer that wanted to see a video that was the easiest way for me to post it on there and and transfer it to them instead of you know it's hard to get the email to work with the big video files and stuff so i started doing that and it's kind of evolved a little bit i need to pick that back up i was going to say one more thing if you do need to edit video um, on your phone, there's an app called CapCut. It's C-A-P-C-U-T. It is so easy to import video um, in there. Like if you have like multiple steers or cows or bulls or whatever you need to put together, um, you just import your videos in there. You can do it right on your phone. Um, you can adjust the, the length of each clip. And then when you get done, you just hit export and it's already on your phone and then you can upload it to YouTube. It is so easy to use. They've got filters. You can crop it you can rotate it you can whatever you need to do it's super easy they have tutorials um and but that's an easy way to edit video on your phone if you do need to like they've got music that you can add it's super easy that's cool i'll have to write that down cap cut yep it's and it's somebody else told me about it and um i use it all the time for like behind the scenes video and stuff to like if you take like a montage like like an evening or something you know like I like I may be at a photo shoot and I'll take a little video on the way there. I'll take a little little bit of video like while I'm shooting. Um, maybe show a couple pictures on the back of the camera and then maybe driving home and then I put them all together and then I can um, edit them and then export it and then upload it to TikTok, YouTube, or whatever. And it's already put together. And you don't have to try to and you can adjust like how your clips are. And so it's really nice to have that as well. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. Um. Sarah, how can people contact you if maybe they have questions, um, if they possibly would want to come, you know, let you take pictures of, of the cows, of their family, of their place? Uh, how can they get a hold of you? Um, you can find me on pretty much any social media platform from Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest, um, anything. I'm pretty much on there. And it's Lazy L Farm Photography. And Lazy is L-A-Z-E because that was the name of our farm that his dad named it like 30 years ago and it just stuck and that's how I named our farm is how I named my business and so it's L-A-Z-E 
and then the letter L, and then farm, F-A-R-M, and then photography. So pretty much, it looks like laser farm photography when you type it in, but um, all my information's on there. You can shoot me a text, a DM. I check everything. So just, if you have any questions, you can just shoot them my way. That's awesome. Well, Sarah, we do appreciate you coming on and sharing all this with us. Uh, before we go, Jared, there's a few sales still left. Um, let's go over what's coming up here towards the end of the month. Uh, well, starting, well, I don't know when we get this posted, but the Lissy frozen genetics or frozen genetic sale is this week. So Wednesday and Thursday. So you need to check that out. And then, of course, coming up this weekend is the beef on forage sale. I was actually watching the video of it the other day. Man, there's some stout bulls in that deal. And then the live oak spring sale is the same day on the 19th. And then uh, the Emmons bull sale will be the next weekend on the 26th, I believe. Be lots of bulls to buy. Yeah, I was watching the Emmons bull sale, too. I I might be partially biased, but some of them Captain Bridges signs are really stout. Well, maybe just a little, but it's all right because he's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sarah, we really do appreciate you coming on and sharing all this and um, sure had a blast doing it. Thank you, guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for the information. I learned I learned a lot. I, I, I definitely want to implement some of the things you, you mentioned. Well, that's good because I was really nervous because y'all were my first. Um, I've been on the other side of the mic, but actually being a guest, this was my first one. Well, I figured I could con you into doing this. It's <laughs> I'll just we make sure we take about- lots of pictures now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do appreciate it, and uh, everybody will see you on the next episode. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah.